This episode of Dear Anxiety is brought to you by Go Action, the new animated procrastination program from GoZen. The Go Action series uses the power of story to teach kids to stop procrastinating and take action on homework, chores, self-care, and anything else kids love to put off till the last minute. Find out more at gozen.com forward slash procrastination. This is Dear Anxiety. I have to tell you right now, and it sounds like I'm anxious, but I'm not. I'm actually, I have a little cold. I don't know what you do when you have a cold, but what I do is I do a podcast about anxiety. That's what I do. And this is the show where people, we talk about our thoughts and feelings, our relationship to our thoughts and feelings. We talk about well-being. We talk about emotional fitness. And really, this is a place to practice. It's a place to practice tools and skills about everyday life issues. We call it Dear Anxiety, but it's about a whole bunch of things, including today's show, which is all about procrastination. And, you know, my name is Ed Krasnick, and what I do is I procrastinate, which means I put off being myself. (laughs) So that is what I do, but I also procrastinate. But along with me is uh, Rini Jane, and Rini is an expert in applied positive psychology. She's also a parent and she has this wonderful company called GoZen, which teaches resilience skills and anxiety relief and anger transformation and all these important life skills to kids, parents, schools all over the world through animation and creative play and all kinds of interactive games. So GoZen.com. But here is the queen of super heavy funk. That's right. Is that me? I'm the queen of super heavy funk. I love that. By the way, so you have a cold. Whenever I have a cold, everybody gives me their home remedy for colds. I'm sure that you (laughs) I'm wearing a a mask and I'm sitting in a barrel. (laughs) I know. It's like, take some elderberry. Oh, no, no, no. You need to do this concoction where it's like ginger and honey and cinnamon or do this and do that. But I'm glad. Okay, good. So you're in a barrel. barrel. That's perfect. I have slippery elm and I have herbal remedy. And then I have also the afrin because I can't stand to not be able to breathe. That's tough. Yeah. Even even though I, I don't breathe as a rule. Because when you're when you're in that level of anxiety or panic all the time, you're like a hummingbird. You're not really like I'm the president of the Shallow Breathing Academy, which is based here in L.A. But at any rate, so procrastination today. I mean, this is this is a subject that a lot of parents are interested in, and a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about procrastination. Yes, procrastination. So there are a lot of myths about procrastination, right? It's about being lazy and it's about time management and it's about disorganization and it's about productivity and motivation and that it is all bad. That's a myth. Yes. So so let's conquer some of these myths. So it's not about being lazy or time management or really all of these productivity issues. Those might seem like a byproduct of what's going on, but really... Procrastination is a coping skill that we use to feel better in this moment right now. So tasks can cause us some distress. They can feel boring. They can make us feel anxious. They can make us feel negative in some way. And so in order not to feel that way, we procrastinate. We procrastinate doing the thing that's making us feel bad so that we can feel better in the now. So really, it's a coping skill. Well, that's really interesting because 
I think there are a lot of things like that that people look at as negative. But but procrastination, also the ability to stop and the ability to wait is actually a very helpful skill. And not doing something in the first moment and con- contemplating it and thinking about it, that's another important skill. When when a doctor in an emergency room has a minute to decide something, they don't decide in the first five seconds. They take the whole minute and then they decide because they want to make the best decision. Yes. So so yes. We, we don't live in a time where that's a regular habit of people, but it used to be before media, heavy media, it, people would take walks and they would they would take a walk to figure out what they were going to do or they would take time to figure out what they were going to do. Or people say sleep on it. So there's a lot of unconscious processing that's done. And another myth we talked about is that people feel that procrastination is 100% not a good thing. There's no value in it whatsoever. But they've actually done some interesting research that show that procrastinators are more creative than non-procrastinators. 28% more wow, creative. Wow, that's in a fact. lot. That's a lot of creativity. It it's is very, very precise. precise. <laughs> and it, and hopefully I'm one of the, you know, you're one of the 28% because otherwise I don't know what I'm going to do with the way I do things. <laughs> but but yeah, it's you know, I actually interviewed a a writer named Frank Portnoy who wrote a big book called Wait, W A I T, The Art and Science of Managing Delay, and it's all about the science of of procrastination and about how we become more animal and less human when we don't delay. Mm, more animal and less human when, when we, we don't, don't delay. delay. We have to delay. So social media is an engine that forces you to, to not to procrastinate, but to do the opposite, to instantly gratify yourself. And that yes. is a practice yes. of being less human. Ah, that's so interesting. Because then to me, you start to ask the question, wait, are we talking about patience? Or are we talking about procrastinating? Right? I think that there's definitely a difference. So we know we have some stats that 80% of college students say that they procrastinate, that they have to do these huge all nighters to finish papers and cram for tests. And 20% of adults say that they are chronic procrastinators. And I think 100% of humans procrastinate at some point or, or another. But I wonder if some of these percentages, some of these people who are saying, yes, I procrastinate, are really just not patient. I need instant gratification. And so... Yeah, clear that up right. for me. I think, yeah, I think that there is that. There is that element to it. But there's also an element of, I have to do this or else. Like, there's some kind of danger in it. Like, if I don't send this email, how many times have you had this? If I don't send this email right now, something bad is going to happen. And that's like a different, you know, there's stuff that goes along with it. I think the procrastination to make yourself feel better about something that you might have challenges with, that's a great instinct. You know, that's a healthy instinct. That's a healthy instinct. But but then you end up feeling worse in the long term if you are putting your priorities aside. And I think what's interesting is what you're saying, what you're talking about is I have to, you know, I have to do this thing now or I'm going to feel bad. There's actually a name for it. Precrastination. It almost sounds like procrastination. Yeah, it is. So precrastination is the urge to start something immediately and finish it as soon as possible. So as soon as it goes on the to-do list, you don't like having anything on your to-do list. 
has to be completely erased, right? As soon as there's something on there, you feel like you have to do it right away. The people that feel like an email hits their inbox, and if they're not attending to it immediately, then everything's spinning out I of control. I feel that way with the text. I don't think I've ever received a text that I haven't responded to in the moment. And the reason why is because I feel like if you're texting me, it needs some kind of response. Oh, so there is like, so there should be this art of waiting, right? On yes. both ends. Like you can wait. So it's funny because people are probably getting confused. They're like, is this show about procrastinating or are you, te- are you teaching us how to procrastinate or how not to yeah. procrastinate? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it is, it is yeah. it, what's around. This is another, you know, these, there are a lot of myths about this. The thing about this is when you have a coping skill that you're trying to use to make yourself feel better, not all of them are good for you, but the intention of coping is a good intention. Yes, that's true. You Okay, the intention of coping is a good intention. However, the way that we cope, the how, the actual execution is usually a distraction or just not thinking about the feeling or you know, avoiding it, quashing it, crushing it. So that's not good. No, that doesn't but, work. But go ahead. But well, I was going to no, say, ahead, you know, the yes, unless it becomes conscious. Once it becomes conscious and not a default, an automatic thing, and you actually say, this is what I'm doing and I'm making a choice to do it this way, then the whole world opens up. Ah, okay. So this is true. So I think if you there's a consciousness to this choice you're making of procrastination or voluntarily delaying something, right, as the researchers say, then that's different than just kind of, you know, avoiding it or putting it off. However, a lot of parents are coming to us saying, listen, my kids are procrastinating on things that are important in their life, things that are going to affect them in the long run. And I'm really worried, you know, I'm really worried that they don't want to do their homework. I'm really worried that they don't want to make their bed. I'm really worried that they don't want to do X, Y, and Z. That's a priority. And it might be an adult that says I'm a chronic procrastinator. I was supposed to do my taxes, but I just didn't do them because I just procrastinated. And so there are some ramp, even though maybe you're making a conscious choice because you want to feel good in the moment. Later, there's some long term side effect. And I think that there are people that need help with that. Right, right. Absolutely. So what are the what do the experts say? Okay, so Dr. Tim Pitchell, he's a professor of psychology out of Carleton University in Ottawa in Canada, and he's amazing. He's basically the world-renowned expert on procrastination, and he says procrastination is an emotion regulation problem, not a time management problem, and that's what we're talking about here. So I think that we need to be really clear about that, that this is something that your kids are doing to help with their moods, essentially. And I I know that's kind of intuitive. You know, you see your child wanting to play a video game, right, where they're intrinsically motivated to play and not go do something that's not as engaging to them, like maybe doing their homework. So you might be thinking, well, that's sort of obvious, but I don't think we think about procrastination that way. And I think that it's important that we think about it more accurately. Your child is trying to feel good in the moment because that other task that they have to do is making them feel bad, right? Unpleasant, bored, anxious, insecure. They have maybe they have doubts that they can accomplish it. Maybe it's overwhelming for them. So there's something going on underneath the behavior and we need to dig 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 and yeah, figure that out. Yeah, because sometimes I know for myself it's a perfectionistic thing where I start to feel insecure about myself and therefore I I think that I have to be perfect. So I don't even want to start it because there's no way I can be perfect 
which means I'm not good enough, which means I'm going to be stuck. Oh, absolutely. I I mean, I absolutely feel you. I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And usually when I write, it's such a fast process. I'm like, things are coming out of me and I want to say them. And if they're not perfect, that's fine. But I have been so slow to write. I have been so slow to write. And I think I'm procrastinating because of exactly what you're right. saying. It, yeah. The need to show yeah, up perfect. If it ha- you know, I remember I was talking with somebody and, and they said, well, what I was doing an acting part. And they said, well, what's your intention? And I said, to be good. And they said, good luck with that because mm. you can't. Because mm. you can't. Because you're already wow. good, but you can't be good. You have to be a human being. <laughs> and that means you're good. You have to redefine what that means. You know, if you're trying to be perfect, you, you don't allow yourself a process. So all of this is about how you learn and it's about how you manage your feelings. But where is it coming from? The procrastination is coming from a message that you're telling yourself. What is the message? Usually it's, I can't do this thing or I don't want to do this thing because I'm not quite sure that I'm either able to do it or I won't enjoy it and I don't want to do it. Yes. You have a guess about how you're going to feel. And you're basically like, I don't want to feel that way. So this is about our ability to practice tolerating uncomfortable emotions. That's something tolerating our kids having uncomfortable emotions and them learning to tolerate their own uncomfortable emotions. That will help in this process. And also, interestingly, there was a study on forgiveness So we always like to give some practical tips, right? I'm like, okay, so what do we do? You know, our kids are procrastinating on all this stuff and we really want to help them. And this study I found fascinating. So in 2010, researchers found that students who are actually able to forgive themselves for procrastinating when they were studying for an exam, let's say the first exam that they were taking and they procrastinated, but they told themselves it's okay and they forgave themselves, they ended up procrastinating less when it came to the next exam. So if you're procrastinating, part of the cycle of procrastination is self-criticism, which is interesting because you're actually procrastinating to feel better, but then later you're kicking yourself in the butt for doing it and then making yourself right. feel worse. Right, that's what ends right? up happening, yeah. Yeah, so this is this is interesting. So, so that you can, so practicing forgiveness is something that, that you can do. So, okay, all right, so take it this way. So if I'm, let's say that I, okay, I'm a teenager, and, and we usually do, we usually act things out so we can practice something, but this is really something that I want to practice today because it's, it's important. So let's say that I am a teenager and I've got homework. Let's do an inner voice role play. Okay. Because it's really about a monologue or a dialogue going on within yourself. So I'm going to be my inner voice that is really me being self-critical and doing all. And I'm just going to be the person who came home and knew that I procrastinated the entire day. And you can be my inner voice being critical. Okay. How about that? Okay. We'll do it that way first. So you, so you just came home okay. and you've got this thing to do and, and I'm going to be yeah. the critical part of you. Light, camera, and that's it. Oh, I just got home from school. I know I have to do that assignment, but I don't feel I like never, it. I never get anything just... done and it's always going to be this way. Never, never, never get anything. I know where this road is headed. It's because I'm not good at it and I just won't be able to do it. And so... Um, here I am again. 
I just have to figure out how to distract myself. Maybe I'll watch TV. Maybe I'll watch a movie. Maybe I'll listen to music. Maybe I'll go on YouTube. Maybe I'll go on Instagram. But I'll tell you, you know, I'm just not very good at, at doing this kind of work. I'm never getting this done. Ever. I'm not doing it. There's that video game. Cut, cut, cut. That didn't work. And that's how it happens. <laughs> that's how it happens. You come home, you procrastinate, and then, you know, maybe you feel good for a few minutes, maybe even last longer than that. But then that little gremlin voice pops up telling you that what you're doing is not good, right? Or telling you that you can't do it, right? It's preventing you from actually taking action to stop procrastinating. Or you and so there's a real criticism and there's a real element of punishment, you know, and it's painful. And then usually you carry it around with you. It would be one thing if it were to go away and you would be like, well, I'll just pick up later and I know I'll do it later, but I'm not I'm gonna take away the critis the critical part. I'm not gonna beat myself up for this. I'm not a bad person. I'm actually okay. I'm just taking a break and I'm making a choice. No, it's 99 times out of 100 with most people. It's, it means I'm a bad person. I will have to do it later. It's hanging over my head and I'm actually carrying that tension with me into the day. Yes, absolutely. Because the thoughts that you're having, that monologue, dialogue thing that's going on in your brain, that ticker tape of thoughts running through your brain, they make you feel feelings in your body. And the thing about feelings is they're not meant to sit there. They're meant to send a message and then leave. So emotions are meant to come in and go. And then what you're talking about is really holding on to the bad feeling and holding on to that bad feeling and just pushing it down, which is what we usually do. That stockpile it eventually comes up in the form of behavior. And the behavior we're saying is not wanting to do stuff that we know that we need to do and get done. Okay, so what's the, let's do this the okay. right way, this right? Another, another way to, another what way can to we do, do this? differently this time? Well, can we, can, we practice, yeah. can we practice forgiveness? And can we also be conscious about what we're, you know, what we're doing and make a choice, make any choice about it? Yes. Let's hear an inner voice that is kinder, more compassionate, and treats us more like a friend. So you're coming home again, and you're going to have a different voice talking to you from this end. All right, sounds good. Quiet on the set. I said quiet. Ugh, I have to do this assignment. I don't want to do it. You know, I I feel like I don't want to do this stuff, and... uh, it causes me, you know, problems sometimes, like painful problems. But you know what? I know I can do it, and I know I'll get to it, and I'm not going to beat myself up about it today. I'm going to forgive myself. I know, you know, I'm going to give myself a little bit of space, and then I'll check in again, and I'll see how I feel about it. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a little break, and then I'm going to start on it. Cut, cut. We got it. We got it. Print it. That's a wrap. Everybody go to lunch. Pick up your check on the way out. So that seems a little bit simple, right? But extremely powerful in that subtle shift, maybe not so subtle shift in the voice. The voice and the words were completely different, right? The situation was exactly the same, but the way that we're talking to ourselves and that we want to teach our kids to talk to themselves has changed. So how do we teach them that technique? You've got voices all day long. And then the question is, what are the voices telling me? 
you know, what, what's going on? A perfectly legitimate question is what is going on with me right now? Mm-hmm. I think this lends to a beautiful writing exercise or even a drawing exercise. And you can do this with kids of any age where you can sit down and you don't have to know how to draw. You can just draw a stick figure and say, this is how, you know, and use yourself as an example. You know what? I had to do this thing at work today and I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I sat down and I did not want to do it. I knew it was going to be hard and take a lot of time and I didn't feel like doing it. And these were the thoughts that were going through my head. And, you know, write them out. You're never going to be able to do this. You always put stuff off. You know, all of the thoughts that happen through your head. And work with your kids and show them, you know what? These are really mean things that I'm saying to myself. I would never speak this way to you or I would never speak this way to a friend. I wonder why I talk like this to myself. And maybe I can change some of those thoughts, right? Let those thoughts float by and replace them with more compassionate thoughts. So I think it's a really good writing exercise that you can show your kids how to do. And, you know, it's a poignant thing to be self-compassionate. And the research shows us over and over again that self-compassion is a much better motivator to get things done than self-criticism. Yeah, it's uh, and, and it's very powerful. And it's usually pretty, it's usually pretty simple. And I try to, I try to have, you know, it doesn't matter how negative the thoughts are, just get them out and look at them. Because, of course, you would never say that to another person. And we need to look at our, ourselves and our own thoughts, right, as parents and what our fears are about what's going on with our kids when they procrastinate, because that definitely activates some fears within us. Oh, my goodness, my child is not doing X, Y, and Z that they need to in order to be successful and have a good life. I invite everyone to do an exercise where you ask yourself, what is the worst part of that? What's the worst part of your child delaying their homework? And why does that bother me? And ask yourself those two questions over and over again. Well, what's the worst part of that? And why does that bother me? What's the worst part of that? Why does that bother me? Until you get to the bottom of your own fear. Because what you need to be able to do is step in as a guide to your child with a lot less of that fear and that baggage. Absolutely. It, it's, it's asking those kind of questions. And then also this idea that, that you can practice this stuff with your kids without doing it with yourself. And that is not a true idea. You can't really do it. You have opportunities every day. There will be opportunities every day. There'll be opportunities to stop. There'll be opportunities to ask yourself what's going on. There'll be opportunities to figure out why something bothers you. And the question is, are you going to take those opportunities or an opportunity anytime during a day and also model it for your kids? Are you going to, you know, speaking out loud, it seems like we think we're insane, but it's no more insane than the stuff we tell ourselves in our own heads. Okay. The stuff we're telling ourselves is pretty insane. But it really is. I mean, if you wrote it out, it would be like, okay, this person belongs on an island somewhere. This is not even, I don't even know what this is. But what if you were to say out loud, boy, I'm thinking all these crazy things today in front of your kid. I'm thinking all these crazy things. I want to calm myself down and talk through the steps. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to give myself a break for two seconds. Want to join me? Can you imagine yeah. what would happen? Oh my Can you imagine what would happen? That's amazing. 
That's amazing. I love that. We should all do that. I would probably say, I mean, I'm not sure that those words are authentic to my voice. I think change it for your own voice. I would probably say something like, I'm being really unkind to myself today. I'm saying things that are pretty mean, you know, and then I would say what's going through my head. I think I might try that tonight because I have done that today, actually. <laughs> I may try that at home tonight. I also want to leave everyone with one more exercise. So there is the ruler method that is used out of Yale, you know, in, uh, to cultivate emotional intelligence. And I think that it's one thing that lends to procrastination. So rule is an acronym that stands for recognize, understand, label and express. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of say these things when it comes to procrastination. Let's say again, let's use homework as an example. So if you were to teach your child to recognize, they would say something like, or you can write it out. I'm trying to work on this homework, but I have a headache, right? So they're recognizing what state they're in. And then you is for understanding. I'm not actually sick, but maybe I'm feeling unwell because I have to do this big assignment. And then they would label the emotion they're feeling. I guess I'm feeling worried. And then finally, there would be an expression. Maybe I'm going to stand up and dance it out, something like that. So recognize, understand, label and express. Yeah, that's very that's really interesting to be able to do it that way and break it down and ask yourself these that that's a great technique because it really allows you to see what's going on and to get to the depth of it, to get to what's really underneath it because there's lots of things that are underneath your your thoughts and and there usually is a belief about these things. Because it's a it's a habit, right? A thought is a a belief is a thought that you think over and over and over and over again. So yeah, wonderful. So you know, I don't know if you know this, but we just released a new program for kids, a new animated series. We do this a few times a year, and the series is on procrastination. Wow, that's great! And and it's a series of it's a video series, animations. It's an animated video series where we te- where we have a tween. He's kind of a tween teen, you know, and he procrastinates. He loves his video games. He has a hard time getting organized at night. And he actually ends up meeting a future version of himself. So his name is Taylor. It's an exciting and concise program. And I hope that you guys are able to check it out. It's at gozen.com forward slash procrastination. Oh, that's exciting. I love that. I think the hardest part about that is spelling procrastination. It, it is. Don't don't <laughs> mark yourself down for spelling. However you spell it is fine. And of course, delay your spelling if you can, just to get you in the mood. So so that's good. Well, now... But don't delay do in checking delay it out. Do not delay checking it out. The perfect segue. And don't delay in listening to Dear Anxiety to other episodes, because we've done a bunch now. We're going to do more, of course, many more. But you can find everything on your favorite service, whether it's Google Play or whether it's Stitcher. Maybe it's iTunes. And you could find it at bit.ly forward slash Dear Anxiety. And then, and then, write in. What is going on in your life? What do you want to unload? What's what's the thing that's happening that's causing you issue, struggle? Or what have you found that's worked for you and that's worked for your child? Maybe it's something along those lines. Share that with us too. So you can you can write us at gozen forward slash dear anxiety. And you can even send us an audio message. 
It's gozen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety, and you'll find a form on there that you can record an audio message or you can send us an email. We would love to hear from you. And we truly, deeply appreciate any reviews that you leave us. It really helps us reach more people. And we're so warmed and touched by the ones that have been left. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And next week, we'll have a whole different episode about a whole different topic. Uh, We'll be the same people, but we'll be far superior. Well, I will be, because I won't be sick, and I won't be forgetting what the show's about. (laughs) It's about procrastination. You were perfect. Oh, yes. Good. Okay. Okay. Um, Well, that's Rini Jane, and I'm Ed Krasnick. And uh, keep coming back at Works If You Work It. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.